Welcome to Sacrifice to Success Podcast. My name is David Weaver, and I am the owner of The Forgotten Heart Project. My mission is to help others create freedom in every aspect of their life. In this season of the podcast, we are talking life, business, and what makes you feel alive. We are speaking with business owners and entrepreneurs from all over, hearing about the sacrifices, the learnings, the twists, the turns, the ups and downs, and the successes that they have had in life and business. These are their stories. All right. Welcome, everybody. Today, I have with me our guest, Charles Reed. Welcome, Charles. David, it's been my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. You bet. So let's just jump right in and tell us a little bit about yourself and then your company and what you do. Sure. I'm a, I'm a Midwestern boy. I grew up in Iowa, graduated from high school, didn't know what to do, worked for a while and then joined the Marine Corps at 17. Spent four years in the military, uh, met and married my wife. She had five kids when I, when I met her, married her, uh, got out of school, got out of college, got out of the military, found that my military experience wasn't well-received by the business world. Hmm. Uh, basically, it comes down to if they haven't been in the military, they don't know what you bring to the table. So I went to college, got my degrees, my bachelor's, my master's, sat for and passed my CPA exam, uh, worked in the corporate world for 15 years in a lot of different businesses, got a lot of good experience, then decided I was never going to run a major corporation. I didn't have the political skills. Hmm. I was unwilling to stab people in the back and toss them off the ladder. So I decided to start my own company. I grew up in a family business. I couldn't work with my father, mind you, but you know, I grew up in it. <laughs> uh, and so Ruth and I, my wife, we started our own business just over 30 years ago. Uh, I have 31 now and uh, we're still going. It was, uh, uh, I, I was working as the COO for Financial Express, which was a franchisor of mobile accounting services. And the board wanted the, company to sell off the one office that they'd started with that they were still managing. So I bought it. A year later, the franchisor went out of business. We just changed the name and kept on going. Nice. That's awesome. Do you, so I can, I can still remember, uh, do you remember what it was like when you, when you made that decision and you were like, okay, we're going to do our own thing. Do you remember kind of like the feelings that you had going into that? I mean, the sheer terror that goes with it. There we go. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it was terrifying. Uh, it was a major step. Uh, but having grown up in a family business, I, I could see how they worked. Now, one of the things that happened was, you know, my parents worked together. Okay. My entire growing up life, they worked in the same office there at the house. My father was an insurance consultant. So I thought working with your wife was a normal and natural thing. Working with your wife is an unnatural act. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, that was one of the things we had to, to get past. But we started it together, both worked in it, um, taking our savings and, and started it. Um, we're lucky that when we started, we had some clients. Uh, so right. it wasn't starting dead from scratch. Right. Uh, which made it easier. But that wasn't enough to run a business, of, you know, to live off of barely. So we had to scramble to get clients and hire people and uh, change software and equipment and all the things that come with running a business. 
you had to wear all the hats. You had to do everything to start with. Mm-hmm. And, and probably one of the most difficult decisions was hiring, hiring that first non-cost center person, that mm. first person that didn't generate revenue. Her name was Penny. She, at that time, secretary, receptionist, uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, she answered the phone and so on. Those kinds of positions have basically disappeared with, with email and a lot of other things. But uh, Penny was worth every penny we paid her. Uh, she left us to become the uh, executive assistant for the uh, president of Mary Kay Cosmetics. Mm. So she was really talented. She gave the best phone of any person I've ever seen. Uh, client call in once, she'd find out who they were. Next time they called, she knew them. Nice. It was just wonderful. So that that was a major step for us is when we hired her. Cool. Uh, other than that, we've been hiring people who generated revenue, accountants or salespeople who we could measure their revenue. Right. So okay. that, that's, yeah. Awesome. Well, um, take just a, a quick step back. Well, I guess it's not a step back because I'm sure it's evolved over the years. Um, and give us a little insight. Oh, what does your company do? What are all your things? Sure. Get payroll, which is the current iteration for marketing. Uh, we provide payroll and payroll related services to small businesses. Okay. Our clientele is mostly under 50 employees. I think our average client is like 17. Okay. And we have some multi hundred employee uh, in employers in there. So the mix is, and we have some singles, just um, a, a lawyer or a doctor or uh, whatever that's just himself, but needs to pay himself and stay out of trouble with the IRS. Our unique selling proposition is compliance. Mm. We keep you out of trouble as a businessman with the IRS and the states and solve the problems that they arise. IRS makes millions of mistakes every year, millions. Uh, and if you don't know what you're doing, you can't fix them mm-hmm. because you're, you're dealing in an arena that you don't understand. The, the analogy I use is when I grew up, Pele was the world's best soccer player, maybe of all time, wonderful athlete. But if you take Pele and put him in a New York Yankees uniform at second base, he'd be lost. Mm-hmm. He'd still be a great athlete, but he wouldn't understand the game, the rules, the equipment, or anything else. He'd be lost. Well, a successful entrepreneur, whether it be a dog groomer, a manufacturer, a restaurateur, an insurance agent, a lawyer, a doctor, whatever, it's good at what they do. Otherwise, they wouldn't stay in business. All your listeners understand this. They're good at what they do. They're successful. They're, they're, they're growing. They're taking care of their clients. But you say, okay, now go deal with the IRS. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they're doing. And, and I understand that. Uh, I can't do their job. Uh, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a chef. I'm not a dog groomer. I'm not a manufacturer. I'm not a lot of things. I'm a tax expert. I'm a payroll and employment tax expert. Uh, that's what I do for a living. So yeah. that's what we do for our clients. We handle those things for them. We produce paychecks. We pay all the taxes. We do all the forms filing. We keep up with all the rules and regulations and laws, keep them out of trouble with them. And when the IRS or the state screws up, we fix it. Nice. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's an invaluable thing to offer because like you said, you know, most entrepreneurs are so busy. They're doing their thing. They're good at what they do. That's not something they really even need to or have to get into when you can just hire somebody to t- take care of that stuff for us and then not add another thing to the plate, right? I, I don't make my own clothes. 
I don't build my own car. I don't even mow my own lawn anymore. That's work. Nice. Okay. <laughs> so I hire people to do those things because they're specialists at it. They can do it far more efficiently, quickly, and cheaply than I can do it. Okay. Yep. They can't do what I can do. I can't do what they can do. So we buy each yeah. other's services. And for an entrepreneur to spend their time doing payroll, when they could be working on their business. Mm-hmm. One of the things, one of the mistakes that a lot of entrepreneurs make is keeping all their hats, mm-hmm. all, the, all the, the responsibilities, all the jobs, they, they keep them all, rather than delegating out those that they should and can and outsourcing those things that aren't core to their business. Instead of focusing on their core business and growing it, they focus on peripheral things which don't add to the revenue, mm-hmm. don't add to the growth, don't add to the success. And I think that's a mistake. Uh, now, when you're brand new, sometimes you got to do it all. I mean, right. you know, you can't afford to, uh, you know, payroll is a pittance, but sometimes, you know, that, that dollar matters. So I, yeah. I understand that. But as soon as an entrepreneur can, they should be outsourcing those things that aren't core to their business. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. And fortunately, though, when, when you are are starting out, it's usually a lot easier and and simple. You don't have as many moving pieces that you need to take care of. Absolutely, that helps. Okay, cool. Well, let's go. Let's go back a little bit. Um, actually, let's go back to you mentioned working with your wife. Says I actually in my first business, I worked with my wife too. Um, <laughs> so tell me a little bit about the the challenges and like what you guys figured out so that you could work together and be husband and wife and like those different layers? Well, obviously a marriage is a partnership and you're equal partners. And if you're the male, you're an equal partner at best. Okay. (laughs) Uh, You know, happy wife, happy life. So once we went into business, my wife was a, a wonderful people person. Everybody loved Ruth. Biggest question they had to her was why she married an asshole like me, but uh, we loved each other. And we were married for 45 years before she passed. But I was the professional. I was the accountant. I was the CPA. So when I said it has to be done this way, it had to be done that way, whether she liked it or not. Mm -hmm. So she had to understand that in business, on, on on, on the professional side, on the detail side, I had to be in charge because mm-hmm. I knew it. Uh, I sent her to accounting and after two, uh, to an accounting course at college, uh, after two classes, she quit. She said, <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> so that was an adjustment. And another one was this. Uh, she had a real bad habit. We'd get home, we'd have dinner, we'd get ready for bed, get into bed, and she'd have one last problem. Mm. was bothering her. So she'd turn to me and tell me about it. Then she'd roll over and go to sleep. And I would sit there worrying about this until like two in the morning Mm -hmm. before I could go to sleep. So we came to an agreement. It's hard fought, but we came to an agreement finally that after dinner, no more business. Mm. Now, sometimes that meant dinner was very late, but (laughs) (laughs) dinner, business business went away for the day. And that was an adjustment we had to make. But 
uh, we went to conferences together and other things. Uh, she was wonderful at what she did. Uh, I never hired anybody without her approval except once, and I regretted it mm-hmm. because it was a bad hire. Uh, so uh, I, I miss her for that. I, I miss her dearly and, and her expertise and her ability to read people and understand people. Uh, she was great with the clients, uh, wonderful with the clients. But uh, uh, so there were real adjustments in because you can't run a business like you run a marriage. Yeah. Marriage is a partnership, a business you really can't. The only partnership that we have as a client anymore that survived is two guys. One's the sales, one's the technical, and they, they don't really overlap in their responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom takes care of all the administration and all the technical. Uh, Jess is all of the sales and uh, customer contact. And so they, they don't, they don't overlap and it works for them. That's the only partnership that we've had in, in 30 years that survived mm-hmm. uh, as a business. Because partnerships are, are tough. Yeah. Yeah. Marriages are tough. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hard enough without working together and running yes. a business. So if I were to distill maybe the lessons that you learned there, it's that you, you were able to clearly identify your roles and then create some boundaries about like work and personal life. Would you say that's true? Absolutely. And the, and the boundaries and the roles are different. Right. They're, they're different roles for business and different roles for the marriage. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand that they, you can't take the marriage roles into the office. Mm-hmm. And you can't take the office roles in back home because if, if, if I'm, you know, I tell her how things have to be done at the office, I can do that because we've agreed to that. Right. I go home and tell her how to do things. I'm going to sleep on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's great. I think that's super crucial. And that's like a lot, a lot of what I learned in the process too is Really, I mean, it, it helps in both categories. It helps in all your life, just creating appropriate expectations and agreements yes. in any part of your life, really. Um, but especially if you're blending those two things together. Communication is so important in marriage and you have to have good communication to make it work. My opinion. Right. right. Okay, cool. So um, talk to me a little bit about like, what is one or two challenges in being an entrepreneur that you, you faced that um, you, you went through and you, you made it out the other side? Well, starting the business, first of all, but yeah. uh, you're still uh, going. Yeah, <laughs> we're still going and we're still growing. And one of the things I learned is there's things I'm not real good at. Mm. I, I, you know, I, I tell people I have sucker written across my forehead. Um, I'm, I'm a sucker for a sob story. Deborah, who's my right-hand person who's been with me 23 years now, uh, is much harder nosed than I am. Hmm. So we set it up where if the employees need something, they come to her. And if she thinks it's legitimate, an advance, uh, you know, special time off, whatever, she'll come to me. And, and I'll approve it, of course. If she doesn't, she just tells him no. And that <laughs> saves me because I'll just say yes. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm easy like that. Uh, that's, that's one thing. Another is I learned I can't market. Mm. I thought I could. 
And finally here a few years ago, <coughs> I hired a marketing person. Mm-hmm. And the results were amazing. Mm. And I'm now on my third one over the years now. But if I'd hired one 26, 28 years ago when I first could have, I'd be a much, much bigger business today. Mm. It's something I've learned. I can't market my way out of a paper bag. <laughs> so I have a, a marketing staff now. I have a marketing manager, uh, a business development salesperson, and Michael, who is my uh, videographer and writes a lot of the scripts for the blogs and shoots the videos and edits them and so on. Fabulous guy. Uh, he, he can hear me. <laughs> <laughs> he, he also does my technical work here. So uh, I've, I've learned that, that, that I really have to examine myself and what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And I don't have to be the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. I needed to learn to how to hire the smartest person in the room. Mm. So that's, that was a major thing is, is to learn that I'm not the best, you know, I think I'm pretty damn good, but I'm, I'm not good at some things and I have to learn that the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that's uh, at some point we all figure that out along the way or maybe not. And then, but then you don't grow, like you said, you don't grow as fast. Um, But, but with that, what would you say, like, what do you think is a good time in your experience for somebody let's, who is, is going to, or who maybe is, feels the same as you? They're not good at marketing. They're like, I don't feel like this is my expertise. When do you think is a good time for them to co- pick up the phone and call that person? As quickly as they can afford to. And, and sometimes you're going to have to bite the bullet and say, okay, I'm going to cut back on my personal expenses. I'm going to cut back on my income uh, to allow myself to get this person in here to grow the business and make us all more money over time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I enjoy what I do, but I enjoy the, the, the fruits of the labor. I enjoy the benefits that, that I get from it, the the house, the car, the, the vacations when I take them uh, and, and so on. So, uh, If you feel you have to do it all yourself, you're never going to be what you could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the moment you can outsource things, start doing it, concentrate on your core expertise. <clears throat> if that's marketing and you need people to do the work, hire people to do the work. Mm-hmm. If you're doing the work and hire people to do the marketing, that's fine. Now, I'm at the point where I have both. I have an operations staff. I have a marketing staff. My job as CEO now is to make them more efficient, mm-hmm. get them the tools they need, solve the problems they encounter, free them up to do the things they need to do, uh, provide them with tools and personnel and whatever to allow them to do their job better. That's yeah. my job as CEO now, rather than doing the work. They don't let me do payroll anymore. Okay, <laughs> I mean, we, we brought in a new system and I'm not an expert at it. I'm an expert at the law. I still file all the tax court petitions. I do the work with the Internal Revenue Service. Okay, uh, I'm the guy that answers the phone for that and and talks to the revenue agents and and appeals officers and uh, district council and so on. Uh, that's my expertise, and I can't. I don't need to outsource that yet. There may come a day where I'll need to bring in another expert, 
yeah. but at the moment I can handle all those problems that arise. But in addition, though, operations is done exactly like I would do it as a CPA. Okay. Uh, the procedures and policies were set. They get revised constantly. But the, the concept and how it's done and how it's produced is my baby. And it's what I want it done. And it's what my clients want. So my operations people continue to enhance it. But the core is what I created. And I'm happy with it. And my staff is and my clients, of course, are. So uh, it's not like I've given up everything. Yeah, uh, it's it's still my company. So, well, yeah, I mean, so we, we talked a little bit about this before we jumped on the call here, but you're you're 72, right? Yeah. Yeah. So why keep working? Enjoy it. <clears throat> now, I, I don't let the alarm clock rule me like I did 20 years ago. So, you know, I may not get in here. I didn't get in here until today. I my trainer was over and I probably didn't get in here until just after 11. Uh, I like being here. I like my staff. I like my clients. Uh, it keeps me active. It keeps my mind active. I have to keep up with the tax law and study it. Uh, I spent three years on the IRS advisory council, just got off of it last year before last. Uh, that was fabulous. Uh, 10 years ago, I became a U.S. tax court practitioner, which allows me to represent clients in tax court without being an attorney. Getting better and more knowledgeable all the time. It's fun. I know. Employment taxes, that's fun. Yeah, it is for me. Okay. <laughs> See, this is why we need you because you're the guy who thinks this stuff is fun. And we, like, at least me, I'm like, never in a million years do I want to read tax law. <laughs> yeah. I, and and to see, it is fun. And, and yeah. look, that's, that's my latest book. Cool. Um, you know, What's it the called? payroll book, the payroll book. guide for small businesses and startups, which well, I'll give a copy to all your listeners if they want one. Okay, cool. Um, I wrote that. We published it. Wiley published it uh, uh, just over a year ago. Um, it's 95,000 words, um, which is the reduction of 30 years of experience. That was fun to write. Yeah. I, I, th I said, there's nothing out there. Let me write something. It took two years. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> a couple other books I'd like to write. So uh, I'm in a position I can do that. I, I'm not in the details 10 hours, 12 hours, 14 hours a day like I used to be. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I have time to do things like write the book. Uh, uh, spend three years on the IRS Advisory Council, which made me much more sophisticated in dealing with the IRS because I met everybody. I had lunch with Chuck Reddick, the commissioner, several times, uh, met all the commissioners of the various business entities. Uh, no, I had a problem come up and I couldn't get the right person in appeals to call me. So I called the chief of appeals who I'd met and, and said, Shelly, I, I can't get so-and-so to give me a call back. She said, I'll have him call you this. I'll have him call you. Call me that afternoon. Uh, we got the problem I was dealing with from my client, we looked at, and the, we took a, what was a $90,000 penalty and turned it into a $400 refund. It took nine years, but I knew the right people to call and we solved the problem. So yeah. those are the fun things to do. 
Yeah. So that's huge. And that's life-changing for that business owner. It, it, it was. And when the head of OPR, uh, Office of, of Professional Relations uh, at the IRS, calls me and asks me for advice, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she was doing a, a lecture and she needed some help and information. We'd met on uh, the advisory council and she called me up and we talked and she used uh, my advice in, in her speeches. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, <clears throat> It's fun to do. Yeah. I think, I mean, in the work that I do with my clients too, there's, there's, you're not, you didn't say this word, but it's, it's purpose, right? It's like you have purpose. You have all of these fun things that you're doing, all these people you're supporting and helping your staff and your clients and, you know, everybody in your world. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, we all need that. We all need some sort of like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what, what am I going to do? Go sit home in an empty house. Right. I, I, I enjoy what I do. I enjoy helping my clients. <clears throat> I enjoy making my employees' lives easier. Uh, it's still fun. Yeah. When it ceases to be fun, I'll probably quit. Yeah. But it's still <laughs> fun and, and I'm still enjoying it. So why not? Yeah. Why not? Love it. I don't, awesome. there, there's no mandatory retirement age at my business. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Another perk of being an entrepreneur, you can retire whenever you want. Exactly. Uh, okay. So uh, one of the last questions here outside of obviously your work and how much fulfillment you get out of that. What else makes you feel alive? Read a great deal. Um, I've, I've got a library upstairs of the house, probably 10,000 volumes but I've quit buying paper books anymore. And mostly I'm uh, reading online. I've, I've got Kindle Unlimited, $10.81 a month, and I have access to 2 million books. What can I ask for? Yeah. That and, and I'm a poker player. Okay. Uh, I play uh, poker, which is good experience for dealing with the IRS. <laughs> uh, and uh, in fact, I've got a major tournament uh, this weekend up at uh, one of the Oklahoma casinos. Nice. So that's Fun. those, those are my hobbies, reading and playing poker. Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Charles. It's been so much fun talking with you today and get to hear your story and you know what you do. So um, go ahead and tell people where they can find you and talk to them about your book. Okay. Uh, obviously get payroll. Um, my email is cjr at getpayroll.com. The book, it's available Amazon and Barnes and Nobles is on, but for your listeners, if they will go to the payrollbook.com and use the discount code podcast, I'll send them a free book, no shipping, no handling, just a free book in the mail. Awesome. For your listeners. Awesome. Appreciate that. Very generous of you. Cool. All right. Well, uh, any last words you'd like to leave listeners with? Well, there's a couple of things I like to, to tell entrepreneurs. Okay. Uh, one of which is there's never a traffic jam on the extra mile. Mm. Go the extra mile for your clients. Go the extra mile for your employees. Your competitors won't. Mm. It's great for business. And the other one that really applies to entrepreneurs is one I stole from Bill Gates. People overestimate what they can accomplish in a year and underestimate what they can accomplish in a decade. Mm. 
I've been at this for three decades. I've accomplished far more than I ever imagined. I own the building. I've got a growing business. I've got dozens of employees. It, it's great. You can't be a unicorn. They're so rare. It's, you know, we're not, none of us are going to be Jeff Bezos, okay? Forget it. But you can be successful in the long term if you take the long term approach. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint, guys. Nice. Yeah, I love that. Consistency over time, right? Absolutely. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Charles. Appreciate you spending the time with me today. David, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. You bet. Thank you for listening to Sacrifice to Success podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please check out the link in the show notes and you can find all of the details there. If you got something out of this interview, would you please take a moment to share on social media? You can just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to somebody or post it on the socials. Let's see if we can change the narrative of social media and post valuable, positive content. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please go ahead and subscribe. The thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and they mean a lot to me. If you'd like to know more, go to my website, davidweavercoach.com or you can follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Those links are also in the show notes. And I do also have a free training on my website as well. So thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time.